0: There's no shortage of ads looking for veterinary staff, but are those ads sometimes misleading or setting up expectations that we can't match in the real world? This week, we're going to talk about all of the pitfalls and benefits of creating a really good ad to attract veterinary professionals to your hospital, this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And Becky, one of the tough topics that we are facing is a shortage or difficulty hiring new staff.
1: Yeah, this one's really bad and I think it's affecting pretty much the entire veterinary population. And what we notice is that wording matters. But before we get into all that, I'm one of your co-hosts, registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And I'm Dr. Ernie Ward. And Becky, one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is that when you were out at the Western Veterinary Conference in Las Vegas, you saw a lot of ads for vets and vet techs in place of like new products and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a different tone. I feel like in general, um, everything just felt a little softer in its messaging. But there was definitely clear indication of the job at this point sort of crisis uh, for some clinics and for some veterinarians. I spoke to one veterinarian who, you know, was lucky, he said, to find relief to come out to to Western Veterinary Conference, but that, you know, he lost two of his associates because of other opportunities, one, you know, to basically go raise her family and one um, for another associateship. And and now he was down to being just himself and he's looking for staff. I was probably offered 20 jobs (laughs) on the spot simply because I'm a veterinary technician. I could add a bag over my head. Um, And people, it's kind of dire at this point.
0: Yeah. And and Becky, I think that's what we want to talk about today. This sense of desperation that is pervasive throughout the country for veterinary professionals. And again, we're talking about associate veterinarians and veterinary technicians, really everybody that works in vet practice. But sometimes that desperation leads us to exaggeration or maybe inflation of the job. And so we really want to talk about, you know, some of the things that we're seeing out there that maybe we want to avoid as a profession and some of the tactics that are working.
1: Yeah. And it seems like now more than ever, people are trying to get creative. People are trying to, um, think of new ways to attract people. And in general, I just hear like almost desperation. Like, what am I doing wrong? I, we are offering a hiring bonus. We pay great. You know, I'm average, like the people are just basically like, what else can I do? I'm desperate for staff.
0: Right, and so Becky, I think that's a good place to start. You know, from your perspective and and your conversations with veterinary technicians all across the country, you know, is it the lure of more money, or is it the culture, or is it what?
1: Yes, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of everything. I think self care is becoming, you know, essential and and um, prioritized, especially after COVID. I think people are just either completely burnt out. Like if we think we were using the word burned out before COVID, yeah. then we are charred to a crisp um, on the verge of cremated for a lot of us
0: in the <laughs> sense it's just like
1: we're crispy, we're tired. It's, it's, it's really running deep at this point. Um, it's leading to an apathy with clients. I think it's leading to an apathy with colleagues. And then we have all this like political heightened stuff and this vaccination heightened stuff. And You know, um, I was reading the other day that there's uh, been, I mean, like 10 times or something crazy, like over, you know, almost 3,000 reports of aggression toward flight attendants, uh, you know, this year and things. It's like people are out of control.
0: Okay, But Becky, let me me just push in just a little deeper here. Okay, I hear you and self-care should be, wellness should be at the top, but what does that really look like or mean? So if a vet clinic runs an ad and says, we promote self-care, we encourage wellness, what do they do to back that up?
1: Well, right. And I guess that's kind of where I'm going. So I think that people are going to a point where um they're kind of like, forget it if it looks like I'm clinic hopping on my resume. Forget it if it if I have to jump around. I will find that unicorn clinic. I will find the place that suits my needs. And it it looks like whatever it looks like for you, right? Like for some people it's four, 10 hours, um, four, twelve hours so that they can have, you know, three or four days off in a row. For some people, it's, you know, really reliably getting out on time and not having on call. And so I think this is what clinics are kind of trying to throw darts at, right? Like, what is this thing that they want that will get them to come here? Um, But at the same time, you can't get blood from a stone.
0: Right, right. And that's really my biggest concern, Becky, because I am seeing some pretty embellished ads out there. <laughs> I use that terminology lightly today, but you know, it's like, wait, this sounds too good to be true. And if it were this good, you know, either your practice is growing by leaps and bounds, or you really have a turnover problem that you're trying to conceal. So Becky, what, let's say you're now that veterinary technician or associate vet, and you're seeing this ad and it looks pretty good. What can you do to verify that and fact check it?
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of things, and this is part of, I think, the culture shift that we're seeing that's pretty incredible. Um, So one thing I'm noticing for for sure on the veterinary professional side, the veterinary technician side, is just the usage of language and transparency. Um, They're looking for ads that say how much you get paid. Um, You know, I heard a really good point about we're supposed to go on these job interviews and be fully transparent and have every kind of decision we've ever made in our career critiqued without a lot of transparency from our employers in terms of what the actual salary is, because they are sort of just trying to negotiate with you instead of having a really clear system as to experience and pay. Um, I think the next thing is sort of like you said, embellishing, um, and again, it's sort of like the work love languages I talk about. If it doesn't matter to them, then it doesn't matter at all, and and instead, some are asking the questions. Um, So, you know, I think for employers, it's become a matter of, like you said, trying to find the right keywords versus just authentically offering what there is in their clinic. And and the other thing is, is that some clinics may be embellishing, but I also think some clinics are making legit for real culture changes and they're not embellishing. That is legit what it's like to work there. The more I go to these conferences, I am hearing about more clinics saying we will walk the walk. Um, and we do want everyone to come here and stay here. So we're going to give them all the reason. And I think that's a lot of the reasons just smaller clinics are having a harder time finding people because, people are moving to the corporate and the bigger practices and the ones that have a little more financial ability to offer those things.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that lure of the corporate practice is they know there's support networks in place, right? So they know that if Banfield, for example, is saying that they have wellness resources or self-care courses, they know it's legit, right? And because, yeah, of course they do. You know, Becky, this does remind me a lot. When I graduated 30 years ago, the terminology to lure a young associate like myself was to say we're a progressive small animal clinic right you know so yeah. so everybody was progressive and i remember i would go onto interviews and it would be anything but progressive. It was regressive veterinary medicine. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. You got pen G and, and steroids? Okay. That's not progressive in my book. Yeah. And so I think that it's matching the, the language, the, the claim, the ad with the reality. And so, you know, for me, I found that, A, you did have to sort of lay eyes on the practice, you know, and I know today with technology, it's very different, but you really want to go, I think, in my, my opinion, Becky, is to go and actually talk to the staff. So if you're a vet tech and they're saying, you know, the ad, and the, the boss is saying, you know, oh, yes, we give you time off and, you know, we we respect your child's soccer game and if they have a soccer game, you go home early or whatever. You need to say to the staff, is that true, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. I think we're talking about generation Tinder, right? I think at this point, we swipe left and right on what we think is appealing or not appealing. And you're right. Once we do get into the clinic, I think um, there is, you know, I do think that there is a lot of benefit to talking and to doing that working interview. But at the same time, it's like dating, right? Anybody can be anything for a few days or a few hours. And so, Um, I think that you really need to ask a lot of questions, but I do think that the job ad, I do think that the interview process can be a lot of what you need to know, um, to know that if they are or are not embellishing, because again, it comes to me down to transparency. If they're embellishing, you won't actually transparently see those things. If they are not, they're going to be able to fluidly tell you what those benefits are. They're going to brag about the longevity of their employees. Um, I think... It's more up to us to ask the homework than to rely or to do the homework than to rely on conversations with folks who are probably not going to be honest about it and tell you the truth. Like, not, they don't know you and they don't want to lose their job.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the challenges I think of online dating, you know, I didn't yeah. grow up in that time, but you know, I certainly hear stories. I have young daughters in college, so I, I totally get it. It's like, wait, you're basing, if you swipe one way or the other on just a look, a picture, you know? And, yeah. And then my daughter's yeah. like, yeah. And sometimes you find out that picture was really photoshopped, dad. <laughs> sure. And it's a
1: clickbait, right? Like th- we live in generation clickbait. All of the news titles are positioned to make you want to click and be interested. It is, it, you have 30 seconds tops to get somebody's attention. They're going to skim it for the things that they want. And so I think it's really about being aware and understanding that. I don't know that it is so much about, you know, embellishing because people are used to getting catfished and and we have this generation that's totally different than it used to be. They're going to go online. So for me, if I'm looking at a clinic that's hiring as a veterinary technician, I'm going to go online and look to see who they have on their support page. If they don't have current staff on the page, if it's like two doctors and no other support staff. I know they probably have really fast turnover, or at least I'm starting to kind of assume that if they don't have support staff with credentials or they call everyone in the clinic a veterinary technician. Um, so I think we have this generation that does research outside of needing to come in and ask a lot of questions. And because we're at this point in the employee's market they really have the opportunity, and I think they're learning how to interview the employer.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, too, viewfinders, it works both ways. I can tell you that when we are hiring veterinary professionals right now, and one of my businesses, we are out there checking out your social media. <laughs> You know, just yeah. to kind of get an idea of, like, okay, yeah. is this a person we want to do a second interview with, or whatever, right? Uh, so, Becky, that that leads me to another discussion. I had a conversation with a, uh, you know, a, a moderately experienced veterinarian. So, this is a young lady; who's an associate. She's been in a clinic for about six or seven years, and she sent me a message, and she was really upset because her boss, once again, is is desperate to hire another associate, and it turns out that they're going to offer the new associate more money with the whole package because you've got like a sign-on bonus than she's making. And she was like, this is not fair. Are you hearing similar stories, you know, on the vet tech side?
1: Like all the time. And we hear it so much where it's just like random, whether they're hiring or not, it'll be more like I just found out this girl who's worked here less than me or does less than me or whatever is getting a dollar an hour more than me or whatever. And now I'm, you know, really frustrated. It totally crushes their morale. Um, huge, huge resentment. Right. Um, and and you're probably going to lose that employee. They're not going to work there with, with that situation more than likely for very long because it's going to be gnawing and chewing at them so much. And again, this is where, I guess, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I said it, the transparency comes in because you really need to have clear pay scales based on, um, you know, experience, credentials, licensing and not about just, you know, baiting the fish.
0: Right, right. And, And you're right, Becky, because this associate, the reason that she was reaching out to me was to see if I knew anybody that might be a good fit for her. So she was already checking out. You know, she was very upset. I think that what she probably was feeling, Becky, and again, this is speculation on my part from a very brief exchange, was that the trust had been violated, right? She felt like her boss had sort of somehow concealed something and offered something that she wasn't privy to. And, you know, I can't help but wonder, Becky, what would have happened in that specific situation if the boss had come to her and said, hey, we are having a heck of a time hiring an associate. I want to see how you feel about this. What if we offer X dollars, you know, and I know that's more than you're being paid right now, but maybe we can bring this person on board and then we can raise revenue. I mean, do you think that would have changed the way this person is feeling about this situation?
1: (laughs) You're not going to like my answer. I'd probably look at you and say, absolutely. And here's my two weeks notice because you just came to my face and told me I wasn't valuable enough. Oh, Um, wow. The conversation will need to absolutely go, guess what? I'm giving you a raise and I'm giving you a raise because it turns out this is the going wage to get somebody on board and you should absolutely be making it as well. Okay. And this is the price that we're recruiting at. And so this is what you're now going to be making.
0: I don't disagree with that, but let me ask you this. This is sort of a value prop. What do you value more, Uh, reduced work hours or load or or less responsibility, more time off for self-care? Like, Isn't that also part of this calculation? So this young person would have to say, what's it worth for me to have a better quality of life here at the clinic?
1: If that's part of the overall benefit package being offered to the new associate, and that's why they're getting more money is because that's what they chose, then absolutely. But if, if I'm not offered the same, and for me, my first question is is this part of the ad process or did they actually find an individual and what gender was that individual? Because by oh, chance did we just wow. hire a male right?
0: That's right. At, That's a, higher, fair.
1: at a higher rate. So I think fair. she's absolutely right to walk. I think she's absolutely. And I would argue it's not the trust, it's the respect and the value that has been broken. Yeah. Um, I think you trust enough that I won't find out. <laughs> I think you trust enough that I won't care But I don't think you value me enough and I don't think you, you know, that is where now the respect is gone and I won't. I can't see myself continuing to work for this individual.
0: Right. Well, and here, uh, one little bit of tangent here before we move on off of this topic, uh, or this particular facet of it. So let's say that you are in that situation, Becky. So you are that 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 veterinarian, and the person comes, or the boss comes in and says, here's the situation. Um, that also, you if you could then negotiate back, right? You could say, either yeah. I want more time off, that sounds great, or I want more money, you know? So, I mean, I think that What I do, where I struggle, Becky, is I think that more often than not, the boss, the manager, the owner just doesn't include the associates in these conversations, hoping, as you said, that they don't find out. And then, you know, of course, when they do find out the trust is violated and it's kind of irrevocable at that point. But I, I guess I'm more for the transparency at the front end than, oh, you found out. Well, let me try to explain that.
1: Yeah, but the transparency at the front end still needs to be equality. There needs to be transparency and equality, not one or the other.
0: Yeah, or at least allow you to negotiate for whatever equality or... That is the equality, yeah. right? It doesn't yeah.
1: have to be. But at the same time, I think it should be what the other person was offered. Because it, it, in fair, that's going to work on both sides. If I'm the new associate and found out that I could have had a week off instead of a $1,000 or whatever in the salary... It, again, my argument is that this shouldn't be individually assessed and appointed benefits and, and pay scales. They should be very clearly based on yep. qualifications. Yep. And so therefore, you simply fall into a, a pay category exactly. Um. and that there isn't the pick and choose and that your benefits are based on that. So. It, it just, to me, seems like as soon as you changed the narrative for the associate, you changed the narrative for your staff.
0: That's a great point. I couldn't agree more. We always believed in having, you know, pay categories and so everybody, sure. kind, we knew. But let me, let me spin a story closer to your home, if you will, at least metaphorically, professionally. Let's say that you're a registered veterinary technician, as you are, and you find out your boss is desperately seeking help for you. And they wind up hiring a non-registered licensed credentialed veterinary technician for the same pay. I mean, is that happening out there?
1: Well, in North Carolina, there's no such thing as a non-credentialed veterinary <laughs> technician. <laughs> you They're know what assistant. I mean. Yeah, well, you know but what we I mean. use yeah. the title appropriately regardless if I know what you mean, right? So mm-hmm. I advocate. So there is no such thing. And this is an interesting thing that's happening, I feel like, on a lot of career pages. And I think it's kind of obnoxious for the admins. But what we're seeing and what I have myself been kind of, um, I, I don't know if I want to say guilty of, but it, um, found myself in the position of advocating for kind of pulling apart job ads that are not appropriately titling um, or, again, the transparency and saying, you know, here's the salary for a credentialed technician, here's the salary for an assistant, or that they're using the, the title interchangeably in states where it's not interchangeable. Right. So, um Again, if it is somebody who is non credentialed, there is a different pay scale for them based on a very clear set of pay scales on your policy. And so, at the sake of sounding redundant, it doesn't matter. Like, it it has to come down to that to make it fair. If I'm in a clinic and I am not credentialed or I am credentialed and I find out I am making less than someone who comes on board who is not credentialed, I am going to go to the management and I'm going to say that, you know, you, ha- this, is this isn't right. Right. Um, it is going to bother me now that's because I have a husband who makes a good living and I have a house and I have a car and I don't have kids to take care of in my household. And I have the ability to, to negotiate and argue that I, I, I think the problem is what happens within what I see in these social media accounts and Facebook pages and stuff is, Hey, I found this out and I'm here to vent and complain about it because. I don't have enough self-value, self-worth, or confidence to go to my management and to, to claim differently. They don't have clear and transparent policies. And now I'm resentful, angry, and looking for somewhere else to work.
0: Yeah, that's a really, it's, it's a tough topic, you know, viewfinders, this is really one of those that's going to touch a nerve out there because I'm sure a lot of you can relate to it. And and Becky, let me just, let's just continue this for the sake of argument, you know? Okay. So now I'm the boss and, you know, you come back and you say, this isn't right. I'm a registered tech and you're paying this assistant, you know, the same or more or whatever. And then what if the manager then comes back and says, okay, well, Becky, here's our choice. Uh, we continue to be understaffed, overwhelmed, overworked, or you let me solve, help try to solve this problem by hiring this person. I didn't make the rules. I mean, I'm just trying to help.
1: Yeah. No, and I think this is the hard part, and this is a double-edged sword, right? We see yeah. people complaining so much about the job ads and the hiring bonuses, for example. right? People are, are furious that there aren't loyalty bonuses because now there's hiring bonuses, um, and they're mad that the employers aren't giving the loyalty but the employers are like, yeah, well, I'm also trying to help you, right? Like, right. because we're way understaffed. So, yeah, I think this is a really, really tough one. Um, and I, I, I guess if it's a matter of a dollar, then, again, you know my feeling as far as if your clinic can't afford a dollar raise or, or a handful of dollars to make sure the credentialed staff is being paid appropriately in a scale that is um, appropriate to their credential versus those that don't, regardless of hands-on experience then you know you're you're running your clinic on the back of your employees and so you should be able to to say you're absolutely right and thank you for bringing that to my attention that would be very frustrating to me if i was you let's make sure we work this out in the clinic so that it is fair and and thank you for having the trust in me as your manager to talk to me about your concerns and that's the culture changes we're talking about those are the culture changes we need um not the shaming Not the secrecy, not the bullying, not the gossip, which is the tendency at this point is then to just talk crap about how much harder you work. And then that poor employee who probably doesn't know that they make a dollar an hour more than you doesn't know why you're passive aggressive and hate them, you know, because you're mad at them for something they have no control over.
0: Right. And, you know, Becky, it kind of reminds me back in the day. So we're now in the late 90s, early 2000s. We would go I would go out and lecture and write articles and I would talk about, you know, hey, for us, we can't figure out a way to pay staff what they deserve, you know, without like getting into the twenty four to twenty seven percent of our gross revenue, right? so our our expenses, you know, we we, we were we, according to the industry standards back then, we were way out of whack. We were way overpaying our staff. You know, it was like, it should be 17, 19% or whatever. And we were like, that makes no sense. How can this be? And I think that there's a reckoning that's happening, uh, at least in our profession, where, where vet techs now are starting to stand up and demand better pay and benefits. And I, I think that we're, you know, we're going to have to get along with it, right? I mean, and and there's really two strategies to deal with that. One, we raise our prices. and And again, we can always say, you know, oh, I can't raise my prices anymore. My clients can't afford it or whatever. And that may be true, but there are ways to generate more income. You can expand services. I mean, you can change things up. I, I will always argue there's ways to do that. And then, of course, the other thing is to try to you know, mitigate costs. And I'll tell you the one cost that nobody's willing to give up is owner salary. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. And I just... I don't know. And maybe, maybe enough of, of my generation are starting to get into to high level positions to where we're starting to recognize that we've got to pay and value our staff because without you, Becky, without my employees, I am nothing. I have no business. So I, I don't know. I think there's a reckoning that's happening. That's how it feels to me. I hope.
1: Yeah. So there's actually been a lot of publicity going around about a gentleman who runs a company out in California. It's a, I think it's like an accounting service or gravity service. payments, I,
0: gravity, gravity, Yeah, payments. Dan price. Amazing. He guy. gave
1: up his owner's salary. Um, he was making a million dollars. Well, I think he still makes a ton of money, but he gave up a million dollars out of his salary to make sure that all of his employees made $70,000 a year. Now yep. I'm, I'm not telling you that realistically you can pay your employees $70,000 a year, but I am going to tell you what happened for him was employee retention went through the roof so they had way less turnover they were able they had employees who um 10 times more employees bought homes um they had more employees starting families they had they had such a positive workforce change when he 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 ensured that his employees were making a living wage and it is shown that um $70,000 is apparently the magic button amount to make where you are happy Um, that's a hard stretch in the veterinary profession for a lot of people I know, but we really kind of have to look at that. Like you said, it's not, and it's, it is employee, employer salary and owner salary. I think you're right. I think it is, again, I, I do think there are employers out there who are running their clinics on the backs of their employees and taking home paychecks on the backs of their employees. Um, I think there are a lot of owners who aren't, um, who go without it so that their employees can, um, you know, get what they deserve. But my problem with that, and the thing I guess at the bottom line with that is, if that's what it looks like for you on either side, you need business management help, because exactly. you're not exactly. doing something right. And now you're just swimming upstream without a life vest, you know, and, and you're not going to make it so. Um, so get so so kind of lose your pride a little bit there and reach out to the experts to help you to turn that around.
0: Right. And again, I, I, I can tell you that that there were many, many evenings of heated debates of people saying, you know, this is the wrong approach or this won't work. And, and it did work and it made for yeah. a, a great workplace. And, and I was very happy. And I, and I will tell you this, Becky, at the end of the day. When I what I discovered, and, and you know, luckily Laura and I discovered this early in our careers, is that the better we took care of our staff, the better they took care of us and our patients yep. and our clients, and we had fewer headaches. <laughs> so that's one big sure. quality of life boost. And then at the end of the day, we were also more productive and and generated more revenue. So it really kind of like I will say, there's tremendous benefits just to taking care of your people. And 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 that kind of you know, as we finish up today's conversation, Becky, that's what I'm. hopeful for is that maybe, you know, with this emphasis, like, you know, I keep saying the more we talk about things, the more change has to happen, right? So even if we're all divided about certain things, the fact that we keep talking about certain important topics, in this case, wellness, self-care, pay and benefits, title protection, right? The more we talk about it, the more we do gradually, and I think that's the hard thing for most people to accept, we gradually change the narrative. And that's what's, you know, right now, vet techs, good on you you're standing up you're demanding to be treated with respect demanded to have that title protected and demanded to be paid a fair living wage that's how we make change in my opinion
1: yeah 100 if you're writing a job ad you know think about your smart goals like is it measurable is it specific like if you're putting a bunch of fluff words in there i promise you they're going to swipe whatever direction is not a date i've been married longer than the (laughs) tinder generation i have not swiped for anything for full transparency on my end um (laughs) You know, but whatever it is, gonna. please make it specific and make it transparent, guys. Like if you want people to be answering your ads, then especially on the veterinary technician side, you need to be specific about what you pay, specific about what benefits look like. And you need to be honest. And if you are running an ad that sounds like somewhere you wouldn't want to work, then you should think about what it's like for your employees. And if it's probably why you're hiring right now.
0: Yeah. And and don't be stingy with your generosity. I mean, I think that's where people really, they get fearful. They're like, oh my gosh, if I give you what I have, then I'll never get it back. And I'm going to tell you, most of the time it comes back in multitudes, you know, it's like, wow, this is great. So there are, there's that kind of little belief, and you know, if what you give out into the world, you get back. Uh, I, I, I do believe that, and so I, I would say, if you're out there looking for a new job, you know, good on you for having high standards and demanding the what you need. I'm happy that employers are starting to take seriously things like self care and benefits, and, and honestly, if you, if we can't talk about self care unless you're being offered health insurance, I, I have been advocate. I mean, that that, when we first started our business, we were like, we have to provide health insurance. And I remember to this day, most vets were not even giving any health insurance. So Becky, I don't want to hear anybody talk to me about wellness and self-care unless they're providing health insurance. Done. Well, and
1: most certainly don't ask for doctor notes if you don't provide insurance.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's my
1: high horse. (laughs) It is.
0: But viewfinders, (laughs) we'd love to know what your experiences have been. Are you seeing ads that really are, you know, Almost promising something too good to be true, or you know, are you seeing ads that, that maybe give you cause for concern. I'd really like to hear what what you're seeing, and more importantly, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, you know where to find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder, and on Twitter at Viewfinder.
0: Yeah, no matter what your job situation is, we just hope that you find a happy home where you can thrive as an individual, where you can actually fulfill your needs and and find the joy in work. Because you know, Becky, we live in this super super tense age right now for a lot of reasons and I want you to make sure that that workplace is nurturing and somehow fulfills you in a way that you know that you need because if you don't you're gonna burn out and that's no good to anybody
1: yeah and if people don't want to work at your clinic
0: find out why (laughs) that's right until next week guys bye bye what do you think